good people of the internet and the world and people in my close circle welcome to my show i just break down what's going on in my life and how i see things this is a study of how evan's looking at shit and if my voice sounds a little bit hoarse as fuck that's because i have I don't have I don't have any illness. My throat's just fucking dry. So I will be sipping on the finest, the finest of tap waters that's available in Texas. Straight from the fridge, baby. Anyway, this year has been fucking wild. This year has been wild. This year has been crazy. This year has been, let's just say the word that everyone's been saying. These are unprecedented times. Whatever the fuck they say, I hate hearing that. I've been hearing that on commercials. I'm hearing that from fucking, from my job. Oh my gosh, speaking of jobs. Your boy is finally going to go work at the most capitalistic place known to man. And that is Jeff Bezos' slavery factory. The Amazon warehouse. Now, if you know me... You know that there is no such thing as a dream job to anyone. There is no such thing as a dream job. I don't have a dream job. You know why I don't have a dream job? It's because I don't fucking dream of labor. Alright? I don't dream of labor if it involves consistently making someone else richer than you. You know what I'm saying? And that's just capitalism. That's just how... That's just how America was built. And I'm not knocking the practice. I'm just sick that it wasn't me who made Amazon. You know? I'm just sick it wasn't me who took advantage of a bunch of people. And it's just the people who are able to to jig the system like that. Not even jig the system. Just take advantage of the system that just allows you it allows you to just rack in so much money after you put in an initial investment and let the company work for you. And that's fucking amazing. But I'm not a fucking entrepreneur like that, no. I'm a creative. Um, I do occasional comedy. I've probably done two open mics in my life. First one. This is this is this is people who are interested in comedy. I will continue to do comedy. It's just at the moment, um, pandemic's going on, and you can I mean, you can do you can do some type of stand ups and shit, or you can do some type of open mics, but it just wasn't it just it just won't hit the same. You know, you gotta have like a I can't have I don't get the same connection I do with like, you know, I mean. I just haven't went back to I just haven't went back to it since the pandemic hit, but before. Every, this this is just people who are interested in casino comedy. That first first open mic, is going to. Scare you shitless. I wouldn't even say that. I always been I was I've always been good at public speaking. I always been wonderful, at public speaking. But because this wasn't like a fucking class project, or maybe it wasn't 
you know, for, for work or some shit. It was just me having fun. My fucking balls were sweaty, bro. My hands were clammy. I was stuttering like a motherfucker. And the thing about the comedy community is they're cool. Like, they're, if you tell them it's your first time, they're going to let you know that, yeah, you fucked up. But, you know, your first set, your first open mic is, is, is a rite of passage. You have to bomb. Like, you have to fail. That's the message of this today's episode. You have to fail in life. You have to learn from your mistakes. And I feel like I made a bunch of mistakes in my life that I... That's the thing, though. Hold on. I made a bunch of mistakes in my life that I've learned from. And some that I just believe that they should not be mistakes. Um, like, one time. Oh, my gosh. I can tell you. I can tell you this right now, bro. Um, one mistake I made for sure was taking drinks from random niggas. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about that. I understand why girls are pissed and pissed about niggas in general. Just, just men. Oh, that type of bullshit. Cause I got fucking spiked at this party in high school, and to me, let me just break it down. It was around, it was a winter, it was around winter time. It was not winter time. It was around Christmas. It was in December. And it was a Christmas type party. Everyone was wearing their jackets and shit. And I decided, yo, friends having a party. Uh, let's get it cracking. Um, I'll let someone, I'll let my friend drive because I'll be drinking for sure. So my friend's driving. And so we go to a pregame that I got invited to. And when I get there, it's a bunch of random people. Like, people, I mean, of course, it's always going to be random. A bunch of random people and a few people I know. And the two niggas I do know there, who I thought I was kind of cool with, and this, this kind of hindered the relationship a little bit. Um, I get there, it's some fucking foreign exchange student's fucking house or some shit. This girl was from Portugal, not Portugal, she was from, she might have been Portugal, her name was like, Gis- it was, it's, it was spelled with a G, like a G, it's spelled like Giselle, it's spelled like Giselle, but it's pronounced Guichet, so like, I, that's, that's how I remember, that's how I remember her name, her name was so fucking unique, but... It was at her, her, some chick's name. No one's gonna know this. You can't, you can't backtrack this bitch. Anyway, um, so I get there and I want to get the party started, you know what I'm saying? So they hand me a drink. The dude hands me, I'm not gonna give out these niggas' names, but they knew who they are if they hear this. Um, I remember him handing me a drink and he was like, yo, here you go, bro, try this. And I was assuming it was a four loco. Because that's all I saw at the fucking party. I mean, at this fucking little pregame bullshit. So that's all I saw. Man, it was kind of ghetto. I'm not going to lie. So I tried it. Tastes like alcohol. I couldn't taste anything funny with it except it was a four loco. So it's kind of, it was, it tasted trashy. You already, it already tasted trashy. So drank that, sipped on it. Party got kind of lame. So we went on to the main event party, you know what I'm saying? The uh, 
the headliner of the night. I get there and I couldn't really, it didn't, I didn't really feel it at all until I got to the party, which is about 15 minutes away. So I drank, I drank 30 minutes prior to getting to the party. And then it hitting me once I got to the actual party. Um, and I don't remember what the fuck was in it. Um, I believe, I absolutely believe it was roofies. That was, that was, that was what's it. That was in a drink. I absolutely believe I got roofied. But because I'm fat as fuck, um, it, it worked halfway. Like, like if I was probably, if I was a buck 50, oh yeah, I would have been out. I would have been out, but, um, because I was a big boy back then, still am, I just remembered, I was, I, 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 I was hallucinating, but it wasn't like, like, I was just stuck, like, I, like, how it felt was someone shot me in the ass with an elephant tranquilizer, because what I wasn't, I wasn't like passed out or shit. Like I was fully cognitive. I was cognitive of what the fuck was going on around me, but I was also kind of hallucinating. And so I'm just looking at a fucking wall and I'm hearing everything that's going on. I'm hearing everything that's going on, but my eyes are fixed on this wall. I can't remember what I was seeing. It was, it wasn't like an acid trip shit. It was legitimately like someone fucking like I, I, from what people have told me what roofing feels like. I was fucking roofied because it was working halfway because I was just too big to absorb all the shit inside of it. And I had to call my homegirl up like, yo, and at the party, the party was just, that party was just full of drama and shit too. I was like, fuck, too much negative, too much negative energies going on. People were beefing over another homie. And so it was just like too much negative energies going on. And I had one girl at the party ask me, hey, Evan, are you okay? Evan, are you okay? And I, and the thing is, I want to say, nah, I'm not okay, but like I'm doing, I'm doing all right, but I couldn't fucking respond to her. And like, it just felt so fucking, I was like, bro, thank you for checking on me. I want to say thank you for checking on me, but I couldn't say shit at all. Like, that's how stuck I was. My mouth wasn't open. I'm looking, I'm looking at this fucking wall. I'm sitting down. And it's just like, what the fuck am I doing? And by the time I didn't like, I don't believe I sobered up at all. I mean, I sobered up a little bit because I wanted to get fucking blackout drunk that night. Of course, like I always fucking do. Whatever, what every fucking little teenager kid does, every little dumbass kid does. Um, but once that shit hit me, I like I couldn't even get drunk at the pregame because it was shitty. And by the time it hit me at the other party, I was like, there's no point in drinking if I'm this fucking fucked up. And it wasn't the point of where I needed a hospital or some shit. It was just the point where, like, dog, I need water, I need rest, and probably some head, but mainly just water. So I called my homegirl up, and I was like, hey, um, I'm at this function right now. Can you come pick me up? I'm not feeling well. And like a real OG, she comes and picks me up. Uh, me and her don't talk no more. I wish I'd... You know what? Speaking of this, this my homegirl I'm talking about, I picked me up. We were very close. And I'm, I'm sad that we're not close anymore. But that's just how life is. 
I remember I went up to uh, I went up to the college she was she was at, but that's where mostly everybody from my school went. And nigga, this was this is fucking eight months ago, bro. <laughs> this was in March, before like like literally two weeks before before March sixteenth. So like this could be March third or March sixth before like the whole world shut down. Um, I legitly hit her up like, yo, I'm in town. Like, what's the what's the moves around here? Left me on fucking red. I'm like, you know what? Now I know why people do not like your ass. Back then, they don't like your ass now. By the way, she's so back to the other original story. Love this girl still. Um, pick me up. She takes me to Waterburger. We talk. And I'm explaining to her, like, bro, I think someone drugged me. Because by the time we got to Whataburger, this shit wore off. Like, I was straight. I just had to, like, either get, get my metabolism going or some shit. I had to I'd eat or some shit. And you can, like, fast forward probably. Like, she drives me home. I'm good. I'm safe. Um, and you can fast forward about a month or so when I see these guys at school. Or I see them. I don't even think I saw them at school. I think I just saw him out on the ballot at a different function. I'm like, bro, did you guys drug me? Because <laughs> it was like, yo, I don't, I remember a little bit, but I remember you handed me a drink. And then this motherfucker says, bro, the whole party got, the whole party got spiked. I'm thinking the whole party got spiked. But the only two people with alcohol was you two and me because I had something I forgot what I had but I wasn't sharing that shit at all so that's when I knew some shit was fishy as fuck but I mean you you live in the learning that's the one, one mistake I made um taking drinks from from random people for sure taking drinks from random people for sure taking drugs from random people for sure except if it's not like a at a concert or some shit, you're going you gonna to take a hit if someone asks you for a hit. Um, but it was just so fucking weird. And I honestly, that situation opened up my eyes so fucking much. Like, I always, like, even, I'm, I don't say opened up my eyes. Because I always knew, like, girls are afraid of niggas for that reason. That I was covering the cuffs. And I accepted the fact that, like, yeah, like niggas are niggas act weird um i'm not saying all men do that shit but you do have to be cautious just just in case because i've ever since then bro i have felt the plight of the woman and i know that sounds fucked up but ever since i got spiked unknowingly unknowingly um i just just be moving different like um when i'm walking around that night and think about bro I'm the biggest blackest person. <laughs> I'm the biggest blackest person with a full beard, um, nappy ass afro. I look like I could be doing the mugging, but when I'm walking around that night in my suburban white neighborhood, I be getting scared. Like, is someone gonna fucking mug me? Oh my gosh! Clutching my, clutching my, <laughs> clutching my pearls and shit. <laughs> I be walking around like I'm a fucking high value target. But, um, yeah, I just, I just, I just felt the plight of like what kind of girls go through and it kind of made me, it didn't, it made me like, it made me put niggas in check too. Cause like, 
there'd just be some ignorant niggas that I'd just be saying like, what you, I'd just be talking to girls like they have nothing to fear and shit. And oh, that was my fucking AirPods. Sorry for that loud noise. And um, it honestly, it, 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 it was a weird feeling. Because like I said, it wasn't eye-opening, but it was also, you know, kind of like, yeah, I see why niggas get scared. And the reason, and I knew it was bullshit. Like, the whole, when he said the whole party got spiked, I'm thinking like, no, you two spiked the party, not the whole party got spiked. And the nigga was known for, like, the, the one nigga I know for sure who did it. He was known for doing some creepy shit. He w- he was a buster from the start, but um, other dude, he's cool, I guess. But um, yeah. So that's a mistake. Don't take drugs from other people at all. And you kind of just put you just apply that to your life. I mean, that's what that's what growing up is. You make mistakes in your life. And you run with it. You have to learn from it. You take your licks. If someone punches you on the left with a left jab, and you see the left jab coming, you're going to dodge because you know it's coming. I mean, that's just basics and shit. Water break. Hold on. That's fucking good. That's fucking good water. Anyways. And so, applying... Most of my mistakes, that was just a little example of a mistake that, like, one one mistake that for surely followed me throughout my life, like, followed me to the point where, like, I was, like that's a life lesson, you know what I'm saying? Um, and applying it to my life right now, we're just applying all of my mistakes. I made the huge, the huge mistake of, <laughs> if you're in college, you should, you should probably get some of this right now. I made the mistake of... Letting my college advisor handle my shit for me. Like, handle my classes. And boy, let me tell you how much of a fuck-up that was. Dog. And this can be, this can be, Hunter, this could be 90% blamed on me for not doing my due diligence. But, like, freshman year of college, I'm saying that's fucking four years ago. Fucking four years ago. I let my college advisor pick my classes for me because I was, you know, I was going in undeclared. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted. Thank God I stick with a community college because that allowed me. But I think I'm going to get into this. Something else that's going to tie into this. I thank God I stuck with a community college. But at the same time, I wish I left the community college earlier than I should have been there because let me just get get, this, get the advisor shit out first. I went in undeclared. So the undeclared route at my college is public relations and advertisement. So that was my focus for about a year and a half. So first year along with, actually that's just that first year. And because the letter picked my classes for me, I was in classes that I just did not fucking... I just did not fucking get. I mean, I got the classes. It's just she put me in electives I did not fucking need. All right, she put me in any electives I did not fucking need at all, and I didn't realize that until 
probably my sophomore year, like my my drew my spring semester of sophomore year. And because I didn't check, that was just me being fucking around. Like I wasn't checking. So when I tried to transfer out, I realized that like, yo, you don't have enough credits for your associate. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? Have enough credits? I did this shit for two years. I should have my associates by now. Cause I was just, and I, and the thing is, my dumbass decided to keep going back to the advisor, like. For those in between those two years each semester each time like you know and so that kind of led me to be like what the fuck so now that i know that i wasted about i wasted some money on some classes that and the thing about school is like the reason i love it so much it's just learning like who doesn't want to learn shit like the knowledge you soak up um one class i'm happy about is my <clears throat> my philosophy of religions class. I love that class a lot. I love the history classes. But at the same time, you don't want to be taking classes that you don't fucking need. And it just felt like a fucking blow to the face. And so this is where me thinking like, or I could think like, oh, I don't need to do this again. I can just fucking, like I can just, like me knowing I've been in school for this long, no degree yet, no associate's degree for two years. I'm kind of it's kind of pissed off. Um, you're just like, what the fuck have I been doing? So I get to this point where, even though I could have took in, taken about another, uh, another probably four classes, four or five classes. Or maybe just to just to get the the right electives I needed. I was at this point where I was like, I'm kind of fucking lost, and it was the point where like I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm fucking twenty, um, and it was mainly I would say peer pressure from not not direct peer pressure, but that pressure of fuck. I'm supposed to be the class of 2021. I'm supposed to be graduating in two years. How can I graduate in two years if if I can't get my fucking associates in two? And that and like as a kid who and for anyone, you know, especially in this in this wave of like and this is before before COVID, you know, it's just you're thinking like what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm not fulfilling this. I'm not. I'm not on the right track. I'm. I'm gonna graduate late. All my friends are gonna graduate before me. Like, what the fuck am I doing? So I decided to just take us. I. The thing was, I was. I told my parents like, hey, I'm just. I'm gonna stop school for a little bit, and just try and get a job. And because of that, to I told them that I was gonna stop school for and get a job. But to like in, in reality, I was I was like I'm. I that's what I told them, but what I really meant was that, um, to like what I meant to myself was like yeah, I'm I'm saying I'm kind of dropping out, I guess. Um, I'm not gonna come back, and unless I have to or some shit. And so that summer, that summer of that year, 
or 29. Yeah, so that summer, I decided to get a job at a car dealership. Nice little place, fancy, brand new spanking place. And it was that summer where I was like, because that was honestly my most lost point. My most, and when I say lost, I just mean I'm truly lost and what I want to do with my life. And so I took this job at this car dealership, stuck it out for two months. I I genuinely, I like, I genuinely kind of loved it. But it was at that point where there was a point in between in the summer when I got into the groove of it. So, like, I was talking to people. Um, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at the job. Like, let's just get that out of the way. I was not happy, but I was faking it happy. I was faking it. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a job. You do your job. You're good. All that shit. Um, I'm talking to customers, talking to my coworkers, and it just gets to me like, do I really want to do this shit for the rest of my life? Like, is this, is this the route I want to take? Is this how I want to, I don't get me wrong. Um, car salesman, trade people, all that stuff, nine to fibers. That was a nine to five job. That was a true nine to five job that I was, wasn't. I, I just wasn't ready for it, like, mentally at that age. Now it's fucking two years ago. And I was I just wasn't ready for that shit mentally at that age. Um, I don't know which part got to me. I sold two cars. I sold two cars. And that's and that was the reason. That was one of the reasons why I was like, fuck this. Because um, in my head before I got into the business, I thought that if you sold a car, or let's say I sold... um. Sold a fucking Mustang that costs around seventeen thousand, or I can say twenty thousand dollar Mustang. I'm thinking I get fifteen percent. So fifty percent of twenty thousand would be around three hundred fifty, three hundred fifty hundred, or thirty five hundred. I think. My math. Don't blame me. My math. Stupid. All right. So yeah, I'm thinking fifty percent would be. I would be getting like. 3500 a fucking car. You know what I'm saying? A cut of that. But then I realized, like, no. The, we get paid. Like, you get paid commission based off if they get a warranty, if they get extra shit, if they want detailing or some shit. So front end and back end, you get extra commission. But you don't get the whole commission. You get 15% of that. So say they got a warranty, which would have been around, I forgot how much. But a majority of that goes to the dealership and you get like a 15 or 10% cut of that. And really, it wasn't that much. It, it really wasn't that fucking much. And so I sold two cars. And it takes a while to get to the group of it, but it's just... The nine to five culture, the nine to five culture just wasn't it for me. Um, and this can be like, this, this, this is my experience. Um, cause I'm, you're, you're making somewhat cold calls. You're in your desk and you're out, you're either in your desk making calls. You're talking to people in the thing and I can talk to people. I can, I'm good at conversations and shit, 
but it just felt like if I'm going to do this, like, why can't I just do it somewhere where I can, like, I don't know. It was just, it was just another crossroads where it's like, I don't want to fucking do this the rest of my fucking life, you know? Um, it could, it could be partially some of the people there because at the time I was probably 19 and I looked like I was 35 because I had the beard was popping. The beard was fucking popping back then. I had the suit on. Oh my God. I was looking sexy, but it's just, um, compared to like a lifestyle I was living before that where I'm hanging out with a bunch of young people all the time, um, hanging out with friends and shit. Compared to me spending all my fucking day at this dealership with motherfuckers in their fucking 30s and 50s and 40s and shit. And it's just, you start getting sucked into that and then you're stuck. And that was what I was afraid of. I did not want to be stuck in that type of environment. It was a positive environment. It was a fairly positive environment. Because the, the work environment I was in before that was super negative. Oh, my gosh. The work environment I was in before that had me taking all types of drugs. Like, not going to cap. Because I was working at a bar. A bar in this fancy part of town. Man. Oh, my gosh. I remember. I wasn't on. Oh, let me think. I would either get high I will get high directly after work because it will be like eight hours straight of running of like because it's a high-end fast-paced dining dining place so I would either be high on weed or have a little extra juice from a friend so it was a negative working place because it, it was fun but it was a business so Needing to switch out of that to go to a um, nine to five. Oh, the reason I didn't like that job anyway was also because it was in the summer and my car's AC just fucking blew out that at that moment. So I was riding the and it sucked as it was in the summer when it was like thinking about Texas summer, one oh nine like what I wouldn't say one oh nine but it was it was hot as fuck one oh two one oh three. Every day driving from driving like 25 minutes away, not by highway. So like 25 minutes by some shit. And so that just ruined it also. And also, like I said, it was nine to five ish. And on Saturdays, you had to be there all day, all fucking day. And to me, my Saturday is my fucking me time. Saturday is my time. So just to, just to have like eight o'clock to nine o'clock on a Saturday, bro. I thought they were smoking cock, bro. I was like, dude. And sometimes you don't even be selling shit because like you're brand new. The store's brand new. You're there all day. You could be. I could have been watching some shit. I could have been watching golf or soccer or some shit. But nah. So after that stand of me working at the dealership. I was like, look, um, I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm going back to school. They're like, yeah, we get that. And I went back to school and I decided to change up my major. 
and major aligned with I wouldn't say web development. Uh, aligned with with IT shit. I wanted to be a not a network engineer, but like a network administrator because that's always in demand. All this shit, and it was going good, but it was still of like yeah, you pick a you pick a good career or you pick a good major. What you think makes a lot of money, but you're still not fucking happy. You're still not fucking happy, and I wasn't fucking happy at all. So then comes fucking um shit. How I said, here comes the fucking pandemic. So after I changed my major, pandemic hits. Man, you're thinking like this is the perfect time. To be an IT person, everything's online, all this bullshit, and I'm still not happy because um everything went online, um school went online, all this bullshit, and in the summer of the pandemic, which is when everything kind of opened back up, uh, I decided to um change it again, just change it again, to just general, just fuck it, like I've been. Fucking around too much. I should have been. I should have been had my fucking degree by now. And I decided not to listen to the fucking um advisors because they were fucking me up in the first place. They weren't advising shit. They were keeping my black ass in there as long as possible because I was not gonna do the research myself. Um. And so we're at this point now. Also, oh yeah, and also like um like before before the pandemic hit, I was doing com. I was doing open mics because you know. When you're big black and funny, you get told a lot. You should do um comedy, you should do stand up, um you could be an actor and all this shit. And it's to the point where you hear it all your life. Like you hear it all your life. Or most of my life. And you think, nah, I'm just I'm just I'm just doing me. But you don't really apply yourself at all. Like you don't really apply yourself until you think that there's an avenue for this shit. And then this is where I like where I might as lost as I was, but I'm kind of finding out what I actually want to do in my life. And so this is pre-COVID, but I just changed my major to, to IT shit. I forgot it was it was network infra I, my shit was network infrastructures. And I'm thinking to myself, look. I don't want to do this shit either. I don't want to do this shit at all. And it gets to a point where, like, okay, I know I'm sort of funny. I know that people have told me I'm funny. Um, So let me try stand-up comedy. I do an open mic. And like I said before, I think I said this before. I'm, I'm tired. If I said it before, sorry. But like I said, first open mic, that's, that is to let you know whether you want to do this shit or not. That is like the rite of passage. That's where you take your lickings. That's where you take your punches. And I bombed. I absolutely fucking bombed. First, first time, first time trying. Um, and the worst part about it is, to me, the worst, the worst part about it was... I was up there for about they they give you five minutes five minutes if you're for open mics or some shit, so you just try your best shit out. 
and my dumbass decided to go in there raw. Like, I did not realize that for open mics or for comedy, it's not just you making jokes up on the, on like, on the snap. It's you creating jokes. You're creating shit from your life. You're creating, you're bringing in stories from your life, giving me the spin. But this is planned out. Like, of course, what I thought, what I thought I was going to say would be funny. They was, you get mild chuckles and shit. Um, I had one good laugh. One good laugh out of the five minutes. But the rest was just like, ha, ha, So, like, yeah, you just, you live and you learn from, from that shit. And by the second time I did it, I was, I was more comfortable. I was actually more comfortable. Because my expectations for the first time were too high. I came in there nervous as fuck, but also came in there acting like I was going to absolutely kill it. I didn't. I didn't. But the second time, though, second time gave me a lot more confidence than I had before. And this is where I'm kind of finding myself. This is where I'm kind of finding myself. I'm still in the network infrastructure degree program, but I'm finding myself little by little with this comedy shit. So I decided... And like, and then I decided, yeah, I'm gonna start doing this more over the summer. Um, let me finish this semester first. Start doing more. Get some tape. Maybe um, try this out because I'm doing like little comedy clubs. I'm decided. Let me try this at the Improv in Addison. Let me go out there in the summer. See if I can get a spot. Get a spot on Thursday night if I if I'm good enough. And if I keep working on my craft. I could be maybe a I can be maybe a, a regular there, and be in a pandemic hit, and that kind of put my shit on hold, and that kind of made me stick with school, because I'm thinking like, look, the world just kind of slowed down to a to a slow to a slow crawl. Let me just finish like finish the semester. Let me do go finish the shit through the summer. And the world really never got back. And we're here now. We're here at this point now where I've changed my major again over the summer to just general shit, regular AA, which honestly should have been done with. But I've just been fucking around so much. And that's also a life lesson I learned. Like, I spent too much time not being certain. And I feel fucking, I, like, it feels embarrassing. It's like I'm, it takes, it took me four years to get a fucking two-year degree because of just how uncertain I was just because I kept fucking around. And that's never, like, it's, it, to me, people are like, yeah, I understand. But, like, to me, that's just embarrassing because life's short. I'm just saying, like, life's short. Um... People of all ages go to college. People of all ages don't want to learn. But to me, it's just, I feel like I wasted so much of my fucking life so far. I wasted so much time not knowing what I want to do, not knowing what I want to be. And so, and I have an idea of what I want to do in my life now. Um, I want to be a screenwriter. I want to work in, I want to be a comedic screenwriter. Um... And for that, you just have to be able to, to write the ideas in your head 
and make it available for the screen, but you have to do it in a precise way. And it's just a lot of work. And I'm willing to go through that work because I actually want to do this shit. And that's what people need to learn also. And people already, this is people who don't know what the fuck to do. There's a majority of people who know what they want to do. But for me, the reason I decided just to, I I decided just to drop a network infrastructure shit is because I'm not built for that kind of work. Um, Not to sound fucking lazy, it's just like a nine to five just wasn't fucking for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm a creative person. I have all these ideas. And especially when I started doing comedy, oh my gosh. When I started, when I started like studying comedy and did the two open mics, my fucking mind just expanded. Like my mind just expanded. You look at shit differently and you look at shit not from a literal, not from a literal standpoint. You just look at shit for either how it is or what it could be or what stories could this shit tell. And that helped me, I don't know how it helped me, but it helped me just fucking open up my mind, truly. And I already, and just writing jokes down, it helped me write jokes down better. It helped me, and by the time, by the time, like, the clubs open back up for real, for real, like, I'm pretty sure they're working on the vaccine right now. I'm pretty sure the vaccine's about to come out, or the, either an antivirus or a vaccine, um... They're coming out with a antibiotic or some shit, either for, I don't know, but they're working on something, some, some with 95% protection rate or some shit, but especially when the world gets back to its regular way um, after all these deaths, all these riots, all this shit, I'll be ready to get back out there because I'll be like, I'll feel more confident. I will feel more confident. But at the same time, I'm also signing on transferring out of the state. And this is also a thing where someone told me, a YouTuber who I, who I love watching growing up. He said, you can't grow as a person if you're doing the same thing over and over again. If you're around the same people, you can't grow as a person if you're around the same people you were doing the dumb shit with. I wasn't doing that. This is, this is not a knock to my friends. I love my friends. And my friends are doing well. I love them. In fact, my friends are doing well. But I'm stuck in the comfort zone, which is why well, bringing it back to um why I was lost and why I wanted to leave school and shit and why I hated being at the community college for two fucking years. I was too comfortable. I was way too comfortable. And fuck. I was just way too comfortable. And you have to leave your comfort zone as a person to grow as a person. That's just a given. You can't be the same person sitting in your house. You can't can't grow as a person staying in your town expecting something different if you're doing the same thing over and over again. And I could, you know, I could... Also, the one reason I'm going to go out of state, like, the reason why I'm going out of state is... Everywhere, like any any college in Texas, I would decide to, any university in Texas, I would decide to go to. I will know someone there. 
or any of the colleges I want, want to go to in Texas, there was someone there I'm close with. There's someone that I know I'm friends with and like spiritually, spiritually. This like this fine about to make no sense, but um to some of you. But for me spiritually, I have to go somewhere where not that no one knows me or some shit like that. I don't it's necessarily to grow as a person, you have to make a new start, technically. And moving across the fucking country is not making a new start for myself. It's me. I would say forcing myself to grow. That sounds stupid, but like, to me, it's just. If I go to a school where I'm already have a large friend group. Where like. Like I said, if I go to a school with a friend, with a fr- with a group of people I know already are there. I'm just staying in the comfort zone. I'm staying in a spot where I'm comfortable at. And that's not going to help me grow. And there are really no schools in Texas that kind of have the, there only, there's only one school in Texas that has a film writing, that has a film school for I, I only one school in Texas has a film school and it's fucking UT. <laughs> and, I'm, and I fucked around too much to get into UT. Um, <laughs> they gonna look at my shit like, yo, what the fuck were you? <laughs> You teeth gonna look at my transcripts and be like, "What the fuck were you doing these for you?" <laughs> they gonna call me stupid or something like, "Bro, you're too much of a risk to take a risk on, like, to take a chance on you." So, yeah, I'm going out of the states, and original thought would be I can go up to Arkansas, but the thing is. My best friend, or one of my best friends, go there. And I told him, like, yo, bro, um, I got I got accepted, so I might go up there. Um, or, like, I'm going up there's an option for me. He's like, bro, if you come up here, we can get a house together. Or we can run out of the house together with a friend of mine who's up here. And it would just be great. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, that would be great. would be nice. But it's at the same time, too comfortable, too comfortable. And also, they don't have the fucking program I want. And so the nearest, like the nearest spot where I can get the degree is basically on the fucking, almost on the West Coast without going all the way to the West Coast. So once again, I am lost. (laughs) I'm lost, but I know I have an idea where I'm going. And I have an idea of what I'm going to do. And I know what I have to do to get there. And that's honestly all that matters. Know what you have to do. Know what you got to do. And know what you do when you get there. It's it's just one of those times where like, damn. Like, I'm leaving my comfort zone. But I'm leaving this shit for a really good cause. For a really good reason. Because I believe what I'm doing. I believe in myself. All this bullshit. And yeah. That's just what's going on. Um, today. Nice little background story for my um, biopic. Once I get famous or some shit. So yeah. Once I get famous. They can play this either at. My Oscar award. Or. 
Or I, well, how 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 do I go about that? They can play this at, or they can they can make a montage and just play play whatever the fuck they want from this first episode. And it will be fucking legendary. Because like I said, bro, I'm so, I'm so serious about this comedy shit. So serious about this screenwriting shit. And that's the, that's, that's the thing, bro. I'm, I'm going to take some risk. Some major risk. But you don't know what you got to do until you take some risk. Well, how long has it been? Damn near 50 minutes. I just wanted to make this 30 minutes. But you know how it goes. I get to talking and I don't stop. Because I love talking about myself. Anyway, that was the episode. I thank you guys for listening forever. Did listen. You are appreciated. You are loved. We have a new president. He's white once again. It would have been nice for an Asian president. But oh well. We also have a black woman vice president who is notoriously known for locking up a bunch of niggas for petty weed charges. So once again, we're back at square one. But when 2021 comes, everything's going to be a lot better or a lot worse. And I'll be right here with y'all. Thank you guys for listening. I have been Evan. And this has been Evanology, episode one. Deuces.